Hello, and welcome to my podcast. Today I wanted to give an updated look on a topic that I covered a little while ago, which was morality and religion. In that episode, titled Question of the Century, Is There Morality Without Religion? I delved into some of the ways that we invent our own morality and why religion merely reflects human-created concepts and ideas and does not originate them. That is one of my favorite episodes, but I also wanted to elaborate on it. Because near the end of the episode, I tried to spell out some of the examples that I was thinking of on why exactly certain cultures all around the world believe similar things. Now, in this episode, I wanted to create a stronger guideline for how exactly human religions and also human societies create morality. For this, I wanted to use the example of the Ten Commandments from Christianity. Now, what got me thinking of this example, of picking the Ten Commandments specifically, is I was watching some videos of debates between creationists and scientists. Now, the typical argument went like this. The creationist would say, well, without the Ten Commandments, where would we be? Then the scientist would typically respond with, well, these are such obvious rules, the Ten Commandments, that of course we would have them regardless without religion. Then it usually ends up devolving into a kind of back and forth between both sides saying religion caused human morality and then a retort being, well, no, morality caused religion. Either way, in these debates, they never really talked about why exactly humanity did arrive at these morals. I personally believe that there is no absolute defined morality, yet we can see that a lot of human societies approach a similar moral code. So in this episode, I wanted to use each commandment and address why it came to be. First, I'll establish the claim that religion is a primitive way of staving off entropy. What this means is that as a human society grows larger, it is more difficult to maintain the bonds which keep everyone together. Religion is a practice which can allow people to create a shared sense of community and beliefs, and ingrains common morality in a large population which may not be well-connected or literate. I believe that the sort of hard rules that religion puts in place, like the commandments and sins, are not arbitrary. They convey practically involved conventions, whether it be for the own religion's ends or for the ends of a stable human population. We can see that many of the non-God-related commandments in the Christian theology aim towards social harmony, which is a goal shared by Buddhism, by legalism, and by other indigenous beliefs all across the world. I also want to establish the claim that humans are not static in their nature. We wouldn't be at the point that we were when we created religion in the first place, nor would we be at the point that we are today if we did not evolve our culture and change what our norms are through human history to evolve and adapt to our climate. Back to the entropy point, in large human societies, we need a way to cultivate trust, to share resources, and to coordinate our actions. This is what allows us to build pyramids, allows us to build governments, and allows us to research technology. Now the question could be raised, if these things are so obvious, if the moral laws that are taught by the commandments are so ingrained into humanity and to human societies, then why do we even have religion? Why did it come about in the first place? This goes back to the entropy point. Societies who do not punish those who abuse social structuring and resource sharing and discourage others from doing so as well will inevitably collapse into a lower entropy state. Thus, the societies that successfully transitioned out of a basic tribal format into a larger societal structure are the ones who are most effectively able to create a shared sense of beliefs among a large population. 
We can see from this that all these major large societies like China, like Christendom, they all have a sort of basic religious or spiritual basis that they're built upon. In other words, these kind of cultural traditions survived where others didn't because religion was the most expedient way to keep people together. So now we can ask, where did these specific Ten Commandments come from? I'm gonna start by addressing the non-God-related ones. In the early days of human tribalism, cooperation had to be fostered amongst the people in the tribe to achieve goals. This meant not mating with either member of a couple, which threatened the already established norms of genetic competition that ended up producing stable families, which allows people to survive better. This also meant not killing anyone in the in-group since cooperating was a better way to achieve goals than killing your way up. This also implies that undermining the social structure of the group by challenging the authority of a chief or desecrating the tribal idols diminishes social stability and cohesion. This means that stealing or leeching off the efforts of another or the group would increase the individual likelihood for survival and reproduction, but sabotage the chance for group survival. Thus, those groups themselves taboo and discourage stealing. This meant listening to authority and the people whose social function is to raise you, i.e. your parents. This eases the transmission of generational knowledge and behavior. Obeying a, because I said so, is much faster than experiencing something directly yourself. Parents instill good characteristics that they have learned during their life on their children. It is in the children's interests to listen so that they may survive on their own, then build upon the learning their parents did in their adult life, then transmit all of what they have and all of what they've learned to their own child, and so on. This also meant recognizing the importance of honest communication among individuals when trying to make group decisions. The network of social relations is complex and it is only made worse by lying. Discouraging people from making stories up clears the channels in the social networks for clear communication. Finally, this also meant dealing with emotions of jealousy and ambition, which could lead to mistrust among the in-group. You can see here that I've presented a secular version of the ideas of the Ten Commandments. And now to summarize them in order in which I presented them to you, we have, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, and you shall not covet. I hope I've made these points fairly simple on how we got to the Ten Commandments in a secular way. And I think it's this simplicity that makes these scientists that I watch having debates not really bring this point up, but it's a really interesting point to study because it really gets to the heart of why people to this day are still committed to believing in religion. Taking note of how maybe obvious these ideas are coming from evolution, the question could be, why does religion even write them down? Well, I think that they write them down and call them their own because it took so many generations of humans and evolution sorting this set of conventions out that religion needed to store this information in an easily usable way. In my morality and religion episode, I talked about how communities can build collective moral frameworks through downstream epistemic niche construction. Language, and specifically writing, is an extremely powerful tool which allows knowledge to be stored for generations and generations. So when you format this knowledge written into a book like the Bible, that's in lessons that are easily accessible to children and adults, you get a very easy way to re-communicate these messages that have taken so long to evolve down through human generations. 
Just like listening to your parents, religious doctrine and dogma tells you that you should just listen to religion. This is for a purpose. This is because presenting God's word in the form of the commandments as something that is universal, that is absolute, allows people the ability to skip the step of having to learn all of these things by themselves. Here's something that I touched on slightly in my previous episode on this, but I wanted to elucidate further. Several commandments request obedience to God. This is not universally needed at all, given the beliefs of the modern-day liberal societies, but in an era before large bureaucracies or ideology which can tie together society with secularism, religion needed to reinforce its own authority somehow. So next, I'll try to address some of these oddball commandments which really only have to do with the concept of God and religious duty. One is that you shall have no other gods before me. This commandment asks people not to mix and match this belief system with another. Between different belief systems, there can sometimes be disagreement. While this commandment may seem to be the origin of the hate between religions, I think while it does feed into it, it's not the originator. I think what this boils down to is essentially an in-group, out-group issue here. Morality works when most people believe a mostly similar set of morals. Therefore, some religions, as a defense mechanism, develop a dislike of anyone who does not believe the same thing. 2. You shall make no idols. This one follows from the same logic as the first one. It tells its followers to cohere to the pre-established doctrine and belief system. If you consider humankind as a kind of organism, as we evolve, it would be optimal to strike a balance between trying to discover and adopt new beliefs and retaining old ones. If each generation of humanity continually looks to believe new things, then there's a risk that we lose what already works. Thus, not creating false idols and adopting new beliefs quickly preserves and ingrains social conventions. 3. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. That one's a mouthful. My theory here is that this one also forces social cohesion. As a community of believers, speaking in a certain way reinforces a sense of community. This is sort of how the Orwellian new speak and changing your language to say and not say other things enforces a sense of comradeship and obedience. A second idea for this one is that this commandment originated from people who already held the idea that morality was enforced by some kind of metaphysical force or god. They feared and respected this so-called god and thus decided it would be best not to offend him. Thus, you should not misuse the Lord's name. And fourth and last is keep the Sabbath day holy. This is the one that I'm least sure about. What this commandment demands is essentially a day off. This sounds reasonable enough and pretty appealing. However, a day off is not necessary for survival. Typically, these rules evolve because they're necessary for survival. So limiting the ability for people to do work on a certain day may let people focus on family or maintaining their social lives. But in doing so also takes time away from farming, building shelter, or gathering resources. My guess is that having one day where a community can rest and tighten social bonds, perhaps doing a big harvest the day before to feast on that day, is worth the trade-off for losing a day of work. We can examine this commandment by looking at its after effects. While I haven't done this for other commandments, I think that this one is unique enough to do so. Judaism picked Saturday, Christianity Sunday, and Islam Friday. The way these special rest days are celebrated all share an emphasis on religious communion. The Sabbath days ask people to attend church and learn about morality or dedicate time to bonding over shared beliefs. 
This kind of ritual builds a sense of duty to the belief system and to one another. Now that I've hopefully established the origin of many of these commandments, I wanted to talk more about how the commandments are not universal and they are incomplete. I don't think at all that we have or ever will reach some apex of morality. These commandments were created first in codes of social behavior over many thousands of years before they were written down. There should be no reason to think that the list which we wrote down two or three thousand years ago is complete or stable. There are so many compelling examples of why the Ten Commandments, or just the Christian religious texts in general, are incomplete. Take one example which is extremely powerful, being slavery. For much of humanity's history, large societies' empires built their economy and social structure around slaves. Slave labor was integral to the world order of many human cultures until the recent, mostly global abolition around 300 years ago. At various times in human history, slavery was done away with or readopted as climatic, demographic, political, and technological change happened. Most of the Bible is either neutral to slavery or very much in favor of it, because it was written in a time and a place where that was normal. In the modern day, human culture has evolved behavioral conventions on how to treat people, which vehemently denounces slavery and other forms of human abuse. In the same way that the Babylonian scribes wrote down the Ten Commandments and other moral lessons, or Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching, or why Hammurabi wrote his Code of Laws, so did the United Nations when they wrote their Declaration of Human Rights. Clearly we can see that this is an improvement that allows society and the lives of every human on Earth to live better and be more prosperous. Yet this evolution didn't happen until more recently. So the next question could be, how do these morals and laws evolve? Who makes them? Well, it's humans. All the speak of moral relativism or it's only humans that create morality is not to say that there are goals which we should strive towards. The moral culture of humanity ebbs and flows along through time in no absolutely discernible direction, but a key part of the process of moral evolution is the participation of all of humanity. People are the ones who affect and are affected by morality and cultural conventions. Thus, we are also the ones that make it. So what does it mean for morality when we accept that an evolutionary process without absolute or divine guidance creates human morality or laws? One might expect to take on a nihilist view of our history, this is the simplest one, and we could say that our future has no direction and morals just don't exist. You could claim that there is nothing right or wrong and that there's nothing you can do about it. The truth is, is that we perpetuate our own morals, and they evolve because of us. The way we change and adapt, how we live, and the rules we live by is through advocating what we believe in. What humans have been doing all along is the exact process that points us in the direction that we end up going. To act on convictions of right or wrong builds a communal sense of what is right or wrong. So debating a law on the floor of the Senate a revolution in a country, or the organization of a new movement online, they're all part of the process of humanity changing with the times. The struggles between ideologies now may be seen by historians in 500 years time as merely the matrix of humanity doing calculations on how to move forward and survive. To recap the claims, evidence, and conclusions I've drawn today, I will say that the Ten Commandments are a set of rules which have been enshrined in many Judaic religious traditions and the people who lived by them for so long lived well enough to continue to spread those rules. 
The success of the commandments and other religious dictums should be seen not as proof for the validity of their respective gods, but as evidence for human social ingenuity. The commandments originated from the beliefs which were most practical to human prosperity through the early days of human civilization. It should be time for us to realize that we are and always have been in control of what we believe. Over many centuries, human morality has been constructed with the aid of religion and without it. With the knowledge that it is ourselves who affect change in our beliefs, we are empowered to ponder what we believe in and campaign to improve ourselves and improve the human condition. Thank you so much for listening and goodbye.